Hysterics. Oh, I was hugging randoms, kissing randoms. I was crying. I was carrying on like a chop. Yeah. Welcome into the inaugural episode of the SC Oz. I'm joined by Corey Hickford. How are you, Corey? Great, Jack Brophy. How are you? Good, good. We do another podcast where we talk about sports all around the world. That's probably how you found us and how we got here. If not, welcome aboard the SEOs. We're going to be talking about all things Australian sports, in particular, probably the cricket and especially the AFL. Coming into AFL season, mm-hmm. you excited? Very excited. Very you excited. Do you want to give everyone a little bit of an insight as to who you go for? Um, I don't even want to talk about <laughs> it, but I'm happy for us to talk about it, mate. Well, I'm a diehard one-eye pies supporter and I've been living on cloud nine since September, so I'm very keen to get to see the boys run back out there again and hopefully repeat the process. Um, but I'm also very excited to see a few other teams that um, that are progressing well, and I think that will progress well. What about you? Yes, well, it's not too far away. It's only like three weeks away before uh, closed practice matches, and I know some clubs are doing intra-club matches already at this stage. So An AFLX. AFLX, <laughs> yes, it's back this year. Uh, no, I'm very keen. To see where all the teams are at. If you want to listen to the West Coast or North Melbourne takes on where the teams are at going into this year, check out episode 90 called the Australian Open or Waterbury Open. Uh, you just got to go a little bit into the episode just for a bit of a breakdown on those teams. And we're going to be doing very similar today for Hawthorne and Gold Coast. Yeah. So basically we're going obviously from the bottom of the ladder last year upwards. Just quickly though, you weren't here for last week. Both of them to finish. What are you looking forward to? West Coast. Sorry, who was it? West Coast and who? North North, North Melbourne. Melbourne. West Coast. I think they'll. I think they'll improve a little bit with, um, obviously, their pl- their playing list being a bit more healthy. Um, and recently, Liam Ryan went down, didn't he? Went yeah, down. yeah, he did. Was that before last episode or? Yeah, it was before last episode. Was, yeah. yeah, righto. So I think I think we will see improvement. Harley Reid is going to be massive for them. He's a freak. I've played footy against him. He is when he was about fifteen, and he was on another level to everyone. I see them pushing up a few spots, but I don't know. It's sort of the bottom four again. You raffle off, I think. And North Melbourne, the same as West Coast. I do see improvement, just natural improvement uh, um, with Alistair Clarkson at the helm another year. I think it's got to be warranted that they're going to improve. But um, Very interrupted last year with Clarko obviously not being there due to his own personal issues. That plays a big factor into it. It does. Uh, plus, like Shed spoke about last week, you have Sheezel, Wardlaw, another year under their belt. Uh, hopefully Simpkin can stay fit as well and they might be a team to watch and rise up later. They could be. They could be. All right. Let's deep dive into Hawthorne now. And basically last year they finished third last. Had a big couple of games where they beat Collingwood. They did. They beat Brisbane. Yep. Um, they started the year really poorly, losing to Essendon in the first round by over 70 points. And then the next week they got crunched again by Sydney. So... Basically, it's what you want to see from a team, though. At the start of the year, you go, geez, Hawthorne might not win a game. And then towards the end of the year, they get better and better and better as it goes on and take some giant they're scalps. Being, they're not being one of those teams, if you give them a sniff, they're really, really dangerous, really dangerous. And obviously, they show that with beating the Pies and the Lions, um, obviously the two grand finalists. So, um, yeah, big year coming up for Hawthorne, I think. Where, do you, where are you seeing them? 
Uh, I'm seeing them to improve, but I don't think they'll rise as much as people say. And there's people talking about top eight. I don't see that yet. I reckon they're going to be about 10th to 14th. Yeah. I think that's about bang on, yeah. just depending on what they do. But we'll break down that now. Who needs a big year for Hawthorne or who's under pressure a little bit or just someone you want to see really excel throughout the year? Uh, Chad Wingard. Chad Wingard is one that who he's been around for a long time. Um, he's... What's he done? He's done Achilles. Yeah, so he's going to be out for the first half of the year, but they only extended yep. his contract after the injury. He did it round 22 against the Bulldogs last year, so he should miss roughly the first half of the season. You never know with Achilles. It's a bit of an injury like that, but his contract ends at the end of this season also, which could be a bit of a worry for him, but he's the type of player, when he came across from Port, it was like, wow, this guy could make a big difference, and he's had some big moments and big games, but yeah. I think they, it's hard to say now because he's been injured, but... A um, bit of consistency from yep. him would be ideal. I think at one point there he was on their trade block. So um, I know Collingwood had a bit of interest in him. I'm not sure if there's any other clubs that are interested in him. But I think that should put a bit of fire in the belly knowing, all right, I was on the trade block maybe six months ago. I've done Achilles, okay. It's not a great deal, a great um, hand to be dealt. What can I do to get back to my best football, which we all know is pretty good football. Um, he could be a two-goal two goal game, small forward, half forward. But, yeah, it's all on him, isn't it? There's another player as well, Denver Grange-Barras. He's really due for breakout year, I reckon. You know, he's going – he's 22 years of age now. He was a top 10 draft pick three or four years ago. Key backman down next to Sisley, which would be good for support and to learn off Sisley how to play. But he struggled to crack into a side that's obviously finished in the bottom three last year and they weren't that much chopped the year before that. So he should have had a little bit of game time experience now. I'm not sure what's keeping him out of the side. though. say he's an elite kick. Well, I think it's time for him to – really have a big year because he's out of contract at the end of the year as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest. I haven't seen enough of him. I don't. I've seen and that's the issue. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like as so a top 10 really, pick. Yeah. I can't really comment too much on him. Um, I'd say he plays very similar to like of what? Like a Grant Birchall sort? Grant Birchall a little bit. Jordan Ridley, Andrew Mackey that used to play for Geelong is another one that I've got written down. That's the sort yeah. of player that he plays as a, not necessarily a lockdown defender even though he's tall enough to do it, but he's a, bit, a little bit too lean to do that, so a bit more intercept yep. marking from there. But player who is going to have a big year for you at Hawthorne this year? I'm looking at their big forward, full forward, Mitch Lewis. He has shown glimpses of being an absolute star. I think he's going to be a star. He's capable of kicking big bags of five, six, seven goals. It's just consistency is a thing. Also, Will Day. We all know what Will Day's like. He's a classy, silky player out of the midfield for them. Um, and obviously, with Tom Mitchell gone now and stuff, he's getting a lot more, lot more time through the middle. And he's just going to keep on taking strides. I think he's going to be potentially even an All Australian Smokey. That's Ooh. that's one of my. That's that's a little little I know, tip. He'll be tip, he'll but. be out the first couple of weeks with an injury that he just sustained <sighs> just with a calf, but that's not mm. too many. It should be maybe one or two rounds, so yep. that won't impact it. Come towards the end of the season, I wouldn't have thought if he stays healthy from there. Dylan Moore is my player to watch this season. He started off as a small forward and he'd kick you a goal every week if you had a same game multi. He would be in there every day of the week, and then they moved him up into the midfield. He got more minutes, still kicking goals as well, which. Nothing better than a goal-scoring mid, I reckon, in the AFL. Absolutely. Um, so for me, if he can step up and take to that next level this year, I've got him as an All-Australian Smokey myself. So yep. if you've got both of them in your team as an All-Australian, they're going to be playing finals. But I think one, or, one, one of the two or maybe even both should excel this season. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. We'll move on to the off-season recruits now. And they were probably the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, club for trading in the off-season. Which trade really speaks to mind to you and you go, this could be a, a fantastic pickup? I actually, I'm a fan of Marvio Chol, he, yeah. but he he's, it's just his work rate, I think, um, that sort of sets him apart from the real good full forwards to himself. Competing at the packs as well. Yeah. Like he's got, he's got the hands, he's got the, he's a beautiful kick for goal. Um, it's just probably consistency again, same as Mitch Lewis. Um, but I think that those two, like Marvio Chol worked well with Levi Casbold up in Gold Coast and, Ben King, I don't see it being a bad thing. I think it's going to be good if they play both of them next to each other. Speaking of another off-season recruit, they've also got Jack Gunston back from Brisbane. They lose, they lose Jacob Kaziski though, which is it's a bit of a weird pick to get Gunston back at his age. Struggled to get into the Brisbane side that obviously went to the grand final at the end of the day, and you've brought Chol in as well to accommodate with Lewis. Do you see Gunston playing that many minutes, or do you reckon it's a little bit of a coaching mentor role, and he might play half a dozen to a dozen games? Well, I don't know. I actually don't know. I, th- I think if you're getting him, if you're getting Jack Gunston there, you're going to be playing him. Yeah, you find somewhere for him. He's still good enough. He's still good enough to kick you one or two goals a game. And that leadership on the ground is gold, isn't it? Like yeah, premiership, it is. premiership player for them. And yeah, a, a, an older head on the ground to direct traffic and move players and act as a second coach out on the ground is um, worth its weight in gold. I think these days, like you look at. I'm going to name Scott Penelope. He does that for Collingwood so, yeah. and does it really well. So I think that's what his role is going to be. I don't know. What, how long was the contract? Was it one or one year? One year. One yeah. year. So that sort of makes sense. He's in there just to sort of yeah build, build morale and, I don't know, coach out on the ground, I suppose, but I could be wrong. Yeah, who, who knows? knows? You who could knows? go out and kick 40 goals that's this right. season and we could have egg on our face. Absolutely. Uh, their other one was Massimo D'Ambrosio from Essendon, in and out of the side. He's a beautiful kick of the footy. I reckon it could be a really big steal for them in terms of Essendon letting him go too easily. Obviously, Essendon had players. I'm an Essendon supporter for those out there, but they've got players like Redmond, Ridley, who we just spoke about earlier, Nick Hind. I don't know why they're playing Nick Hind over this D'Ambrosio, and that was Nick, Nick that was Hind's the question. a half-back, isn't he? Yeah, and D'Ambrosio went down to the back. Did he? I yeah. thought he was a half-forward, like a small oh, he forward, was half-forward. A, he was a small forward. He went down back um, in the VFL for a majority of the season, when he come up and played, he really held himself in games. Like mm. he's the type of bloke that can get your 20, 22 disposals around that sort of ballpark mark. So obviously Hawthorne sees something in him, probably promised him minutes, I reckon, for the switch that he had. So good luck to him. And I reckon he could be one of the steals of the pickups up there with Joel. What about Ginevan though? You're yep. a Pies man. I am. Um, he's going to replace Brockman, who was left to go to West Coast Eagles, Tyler Brockman, that is. Ginevan, it's a... They basically got him for nothing at the end of the day, which is obviously there was speculation at the end of the year of what was going on with Ginevan. Yep. Obviously, the grand final prior to it going to the races, which at the end of the day, I don't have too big of a deal with. Um, players are allowed to do much, but yeah, how do you how do you see? It? Do you think it's going to be a loss for Collingwood? Do you think it's going to be that much of a game for Hawthorne? Where do you sit with it? I well, I see it as a win win because we've got Lockie Schultz, and he's. I mean, Ginevan's still young. Lockie Schultz is, I think he's 26. If I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's 26. So he's sort of coming into his prime, whereas Ginevan's still two, three, four years off his prime. Um, but obviously, Ginevan's got the skills to do it. He kicked 40 goals in his second year of football. So could be Jaden Stevenson 2.0. Yeah, well, it could be, or the change of scenery for him could do him the world of good. Yeah, but I see him slotting straight in that side. He's he's got to sit. He's got to. Find, they've got to find a spot for him and 
you know what he's like. He's got that X factor. He can bob up, kick four goals, win a game off his own boot. And, yeah, the crowd just love him, the home crowd, whoever he's playing for. Love him. Will Collingwood supporters get around him? I'll get around. I still like him. Premiership player. Premiership player. Yeah, I still like him. But uh, I'm pretty keen to see Bruzzy take his head off. (laughs) (laughs) For the draft, they picked up Nick Watson at pick number five, Will McKay, Bodie Ryan, and Gashir Deer in the national draft this year. Interesting to see how many of them actually play some minutes this year. Obviously, people within the Hawthorne Sanctum will have a better idea at where they're at Mm. at this point in time. Cody's put down wish list. Now, for me, I don't think Hawthorne have as much of a wish wish list, but it's probably their midfield's depth is lacking a little bit. They're they're really in need of two players, like I spoke about earlier, probably your days and also your Dylan Moores to go to that next level where you go, right, they're in, they're in the All-Australian squad now. They're a, they're a type of player that's got them to the next level. And basically, they don't have too many superstars in their team. Sicily's nah. obviously one of them. Yeah. But he's Maybe a, he's Mitch a, Lewis. He's a mid-sized Plays tall, yeah. Who's their Who's their tall fullback? Can you, I can't even think of who it is. I think that's why Denver Granger Barras has got to really yeah. step up this yeah. year and become that player that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. In summary, I think that they to make the top eight, those players need to go to that level where you go, like like Goulden did at Sydney. A lot of these players, like Ben Keys, has sort of done at Adelaide. He stepped up a little bit. He's probably not at the elk of the other players, but you need those players to go up an extra 20 percent. For them to be playing finals, I think. But where where do you see them finishing? Uh, I see Hawthorne finishing about thirteenth. I think. I think there's a, there's going to be natural improvement. I think, and everyone's a year older. The bodies are a bit more mature. They're a very young side. So yeah, and Sam Mitchell, I think, is the right man for the job. And yeah, I can see him pushing up the ladder. But I don't think finals yet. No, but it's going to happen. All right, we'll go to a break, and then we're going to break down the Gold Coast next. Na 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 na. <laughs> your team, Gold Coast Suns. Oh, by your team, I mean my second team. Your second team. You are a member, though. To be fair, <laughs> you know what? I've I've actually never bought a membership at Collingwood, but I have at Gold Coast. That is criminal. <laughs> yeah, it was a $20 Victorian country membership for him or something. I think you tipped him to win or something and they lost. Tipped him to win what? Like that's why you bought the membership. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, it was on the pod. Yeah. Yeah, it was a $20 one. Yeah. <laughs> I bought the $20 one. Yeah. Still Didn't specify. Scum. Yeah, no, fair enough. Dodged a bullet there again, but let's break it down now. We've had a bit of a laugh about it. Moving straight onto the Gold Coast. Who needs a big year? Who is under pressure at the Gold Coast? Ben King, for one. Yeah. He's uh, he's sort of been thereabouts. He's obviously still very raw with having a um, – it was an AC, ACL, wasn't it? Yeah, ACL. AC, yeah, yep. it was an ACL. Having that year off with the ACL didn't help. Um, you can obviously see that he's got the, the liking to his brother Max and Max is already a good player. But I think he needs to go out there and really stamp his name on, in the league and kick 50-plus goals for the – for the Suns this year. Um, and if he does that, it, the Suns, I reckon, are going to push. He's it, got, it could be a big problem. The issue with him was, I remember it might have been a game in Darwin against Adelaide where they put him on the bench in like the third quarter and didn't bring him back on because he just had no impact on the game. So and, that's and, rubbish. And if you're a full, I know, I get it, you, you're going to have your moment to shine, but that's what where Stuart Jew seen him at that point in time. Obviously, Stuart Jew's not there now. Damien Hardwick at the helm, but it was like, Gee whiz, this bike can't be coming off the field at this stage. Like, he kicked 40 goals last year. I agree. He's got to kick 50 this year. 
the thing was the games that were 50-50 in the balance, like Max King, you've seen it a couple of times, and I hate sort of referring to him a bit, but he was the type of bloke that was a game changer. He nearly was in that elimination final against GWS. Ben King needs to do that in the 50-50 clashes where Gold Coast go, right, we need the four points today. Because I, I think they've run out of excuses now. They've got Damien yeah. Harwick in. They've had the draft picks over the last couple of years. And I said to you, they're stacked. I said I said off air to you, I said, I reckon there's no excuses now. And you go, well, they don't really have all the players that they want yet. I don't know what else they're going to need though because you've had players like Flanders step up. Rory Atkins finished well last well, Flanders year. Flanders was playing VFL for ages. He just couldn't get – they wouldn't pick him. Yeah. And I don't know why. Same with Atkins. It was yeah. the exact same. Yeah. Um, and then you have blokes like Alice, Breen and Alice that's been on the list for a while that sort of you going, right, is he at the next level? He's been on big money previously. But another player for me that has to have a big year is Matt Rao. I don't, it's not saying that I don't think he had a great year last year. I think he led the league in tackles. He did. He, he was just fantastic. He ended the year strong and, like I said, he is a tackling machine. But between himself, Miller and Anderson, I think they need to have more offensive output. Anderson probably is the best of the lot at it. But in terms of score involvements, like Matt Rowley's first couple of games, he was kicking a goal or two a game and yeah. it was like really uplifting stuff. I think between those three and potentially Bailey Humphreys, who I'll bring up next, I think that they need to be kicking goals this year to make finals. Yeah, yeah. If Matt Rowley can average a goal a game, that's a massive win. Yeah. Well, they, they need one of them. They need one of Anderson, Rowley or Miller to average a goal a game. Yeah, and be involved in score involvements and goal assists. Absolutely. Like we all know Rao's capable of it. I think Anderson's overtaken him now actually in how like who's better. At the start it was easily Rao. Yeah, of course. Um, yep. but yeah. Their their midfield is dangerous. That's a dangerous midfield. Yeah, and that brings and me to got- my next point of players who are gonna have a big year. And Bailey Humphrey last year, I, I watched a lot of the Suns last year just to get a gauge on where they were at. And I think he's gonna be a genuine star, mate. He he's just he looks like He's tall enough as it is. He runs through and cuts through packs. like He's a bit he, of a ball. Yeah, he's a bit of a ball, but he's also got that little bit of bont and crips about him where he can move a little bit. Not saying he's at that stage or will get to that stage, but he needs to be a bloke that probably plays more midfield time, I think. Yeah. He's at that. He's probably nearly like Tom Green a little bit. He's, uh, he's sort of like a could be, oh, it's a huge call, but it could be like a, a similar type of player to Dusty. Yeah. Like a goal-kicking mid, not a huge possession getter. And maybe that ties into our last point. Maybe one of the other midfielders needs to yep. hop out and be the main guy. I know it's only his second season, but he's got future All-Australian written all over him if mm. he can take some minutes in I've, the midfield. I've got one for you. Ben Ainsworth. Yeah. I, I, I looked at I'm him. Gonna, this while is I was another smoky. All-Australian. Really? Ben Ainsworth. Jeez, we're going to have this side filled out before we get to the top eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But, no, I like it. It's a smoky at the end of the day. I, he's, forward, I, I can see him he's had ending, potential up, for so long. ending up being like a Lockie Schultz sort yep. of player. Yep. Impactful, tackles hard, kicks you one and a half, two goals a game, or averages one and a half, two goals a game, sorry. Bit of, uh, bit of Robbie Gray about him. Yeah, yeah. But he needs to, he needs to probably stamp his authority on the game a he little bit a few, more. He had a few really big games last year. For him, like four or five goals. Um, so that's just a consistency thing. I'm not sure how old he is. I think he's about 25 maybe. Yeah, Malcolm um, Roses was the same. He sort of solidified his spot in the lineup. I don't know. He, he was one of those blokes that couldn't get a gig and then towards the end of the season he kicked seven goals in his last three games. The last game he kicked three goals and I just remember watching him going, this bloke's he's genuine. I reckon he, he'll start in the lineup this year. Yep. Pending injuries, which I haven't seen anything on the socials from what I looked up today or – 
anything that you can look up on the Gold Coast Sun. So if he's fit to play, he should be starting round one, I think. And, Absolutely. Uh, that would be great for them. In the off-season, uh, they were weird about it. They had eight picks come in, four from the draft that's just happened and four for the draft this year, but no actual plays coming in. So Damien Harwick must be looking at them, and he said it himself. He goes, their premiership team's sitting here. So if you're not going out and getting anyone else to add to those pieces, and I understand he only just took over the job, but where are they going to be finishing this year? I don't know. I'm very excited to see what Dimmer can do. I'm going to say they sneak into the eight. I'm going to say. Is it a, is it a pass? Do they have to play it, make the eight? Do they have to make the top ten? Well, obviously a pass is making the eight, and that's what they've been trying to do the last, what, bloody six years. This, but, is, this is their best shot at it. I mean, the, if not this year, it has to be next year with Damien Hardwick at the helm. There's yeah. no more excuses with him. Like, give, give him one year. Get the team playing how he wants. I mean, I know you've had preseason, but preseason doesn't compare to the real thing. Yeah, correct. So, new coach of the helm. If it's not this year, which I think it needs to be, it has to be next year. Otherwise, fuck off. Yeah, it's gonna blow <laughs> Put up. Put it blunt. It? Put it bluntly. Uh, but if you but if you look at it from their perspective, their best chance was probably I think it was 2013. Gary Ablett was there, and yeah. he went down with a shoulder injury, and he pretty much carried that team for the entire season, and they. They were really looking good to finish in the eight. And ever since then, there hasn't been a lot of times where you're going, right, there's, there's a couple of games that you watch where you go, oh, it's a big upset. And then you go, it might be their year. But you've never sat there and gone, shit, this is their year. So yeah, yeah. it might take them a couple of games under Harvick, but with three top ten, three top 20 picks, sorry, I should say, and Jed Walter, the number three draft pick, leading that charge, yeah, there's no reason why they can't be up there that year, I reckon. What about... um? I've got one more All-Australian for you, potentially out of the Gold Coast. Jared Witts. Yes. Thoughts? He, he's been an instrumental player. The only issue is that he's getting on a bit now, I think. Yeah, he'd he be, is. what, 34-ish? He'd be in that ballpark, know. but I can't tell. He's sort of built like Matt Flynn. <laughs> Matt Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew you'd bring it up somehow. But everyone out there, Corker had to pick a card out of the – I don't even know what you call them. What are they? like? AFL cards. Just AFL cards. We uh, we had probably 100 of them from last year. And uh, he drew out Matt Flynn. I said, you got to ring him up on the podcast somehow. And he is nothing alike of Jared Witts, but I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> I was racking my brain trying to think of when I can I slip him in. I'm like, oh, not around Malcolm Roses or Bailey Humphrey. That's for sure. No, I love it, mate. <laughs> Thanks for coming on for the inaugural episode. I got it right this time. Inaugural, yes. It's good. Split them up. People, give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. Who are the next two teams? We'll have to look them up. I don't know. Which we will be doing next year. I'm pretty sure it'll be Freo. Next year. Next week. Next week. Yeah, no, this is a one-episode-per-year podcast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Fremantle and we'll look it up anyway. You'll see it on the socials. Make sure you follow all of the above from there. It'll be SC Oz on socials. You've got Sports Confidential on socials. From the spot, Lottery. All the above. Tailgate talk's popping off too. I'm sure it is. Be sure to give feedback as well because we want to know if this is what you like. We get a lot of comments saying, oh, we only want to listen to the AFL. I get a lot of yeah. old blokes listen to the podcast. Oh, I don't want to listen to the NBA, bloody NFL and all that stuff. So if you like the split up, let us know. We yeah. love feedback. Yeah, and if you've got anything you want to add on there as well or you want to send something in, make sure you read the stories because we'll be popping up those questions yep. every single week. Great stuff, mate. Thanks for joining. No worries. Thanks, bro.